You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Built on the Rock. I am Father Brito Berkmans. I'm here with our co-host, Sandy Labouvi. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning, Father Brito. You have a lot of energy this morning. Oh, thank God. Even though I'm retired, I think I still have some energy left. You've still got a lot left in you. Your work is nowhere near done. I hope not. <laughs> But compared to the energy I had when you visited me in Rome, I think I have a lot less than that. And that was how many years ago? Oh, oh I'm not going to do the math. That was a long yes. time ago. <laughs> time flies. And interestingly enough, here we are at um, our August show, now middle of August. And for a lot of our families, that means normalcy returns on the home front because the kids are heading back to school now. Yeah. When we interviewed our last couple, we were uh, in July, we were all wide eyed about summer plans, vacation, you know, you get to sleep in a little bit more for the kids and whatnot, um, who don't have to get up early for school. But uh, this very week, I know my son, one of them starts school this week, the next one next week. Um, so yeah, this is the reality that so many of us are facing right now. Time keeps turning. Oh, believe me. I mean, I, I miss seeing the children coming back to school at St. Paul. You know, all those children dressed up in their uniforms, <laughs> the little ones accompanied by their parents who are more sad to see them go to school for the first time. Those were wonderful, wonderful memories. Oh. And so it's interesting that, you know, we had a couple that has four children for our interview last time. And even though they were very focused on each other, I think a lot of their life was focused on their four children. Oh, how can it not be when you have four children, right? I know, I know. By I default, know. there's no other option. But yeah, why don't we um, um, kind of introduce them the way we usually do when we do this show, where I like to give the listeners just a little bit of background on yes. the story. Um, so yes, we had the pleasure of interviewing Eric and Megan Weber on our show last month, and what an enjoyable couple. Um, they So their story, how they met, they met on a blind date back in college at the University of Illinois. And yeah, yeah, and it was Eric, I believe it was his last year of school. He was a senior yeah. and um, Megan was a sophomore and go Alina. Yeah, I just, that just registered. <laughs> Our alma mater as well. We have fond memories of U of I. But anyway, so back to Eric and Megan, he had asked her to go to a Christmas dance, if I recall correctly. And yep. she went, he had never met her before, never seen her. Thought she was a, a beautiful girl when he saw her, said this was love at first sight. Those are his words. Um, and then it ends up he was uh, 
speaking that night at the event. And he said, even though he only had known her for about an hour and or an hour and a half, he wove her into the speech and he thinks that's what sealed the deal for him. Um, he said it kind of smiling, but on that note, I just want to jump into my first observation and point out that that actually is a very true thing. It's not just some funny little, oh, I brought her up in the speech and I won her heart. Women need to feel noticed, especially by their men. They need to feel valuable. They need to feel beautiful. Um, and these were all I could see when we interviewed them um, just last month that even 20 some years into their relationship, they still look at each other with that awe, that smile. Um, it seems they really do appreciate the beauty in each other. So I want to go back to that point he made jokingly that he worked her into the speech and say, well done, Eric. And, and I think there is a lot of validity to the fact that that really touched her heart. Yeah, the thing is that that sense of liking each other for me was very evident throughout the whole interview. Yeah. You know, and, and they, you can see that. And the way they, they tried to focus on each other, even when they had four children and how they made time for each other, how they appreciate each other. You know, what you said, Sandy, just now, that it is so important for a woman to feel that she is beautiful, she is valued, she is precious. She is number one in his life. Yes. And that, I think, is crucial. I tell my couples when I prepare them for marriage, that is always, I tell them, See, men don't have to need to feel that because they know. They will say, oh, I'm number one, and they never question that. <laughs> but women, you know, they need to be told that not just once, but again and again. Every day. Every yes, exactly. So I jokingly say this, you know, I say even Mel Gibson could not find out what women want. But Father Brito has discovered that. What oh, is that? Wow. <laughs> women want to be number one. Yes. You see, she wants to feel number one. So as long as she feels that, the marriage will be great. I tell guys, it's not just about saying that, but making her feel that. Right. And with this couple, it was quite clear oh, that, was. that that was going on. It was. And, and, and I was just going to say, it, it really doesn't, for, for all the male listeners out there, it really doesn't take much to feel that. Just to know your thought about a simple message, a simple call. The comment Eric made when he first introduced them and he says, she was dropped dead gorgeous. I proposed to her. Here we are. You know, it's such a simple thing to say, but boy, does that touch a woman's heart. So it doesn't have to be these elaborate um, pronunciations or actions, but that consistent reminder that you, you matter, you're beautiful, I love you. It's what we need. Yeah, what is even more beautiful is that they've been mar married for 17 years. They dated yeah. for five years. You know, sometimes people can get used to each other, can take each other for granted. You know, it's it looks that they kept it fresh. And that takes effort. You know, it doesn't happen automatically. So, you know, that leads us to the other point, which we have actually said in earlier interviews about making time for each other. Yes. You remember that? They were very creative in the way they were finding time for each other. That's true, especially as the kids entered into their lives. So they talked about that first season of their marriage. Um, what did Megan call it? A uh, pretend grown-up phase. Yes, she's is what she referred to it as. And it's so true. So they they bought their place together downtown, their condo. 
Um, she said they lived in essentially, it was like a hotel with their doorman. Um, she would walk to her job downtown. He had his job downtown. And um, she even had a friend who lived in the condo she could spend time with, especially while Eric was traveling. Um, and they were just doing this pretend grown-up phase um, where all of a sudden you're feeling like, yes, we're growing up, we're, we're maturing, we're, we're establishing ourselves. Um, but this went on and on for, or on and off for about four to five years for them. And, and as Megan had said, they were very lucky that they met young because they didn't feel an urgency to rush into developing a family right away. They both knew they wanted to have a family, to raise a family, but they had time in those early years to just really enjoy each other. So that's what they had done for the first five years. And that's where you see that recurring theme of fun, right? Mm -hmm. um, traveling. They took their work seriously. They tried to parse away what they could to save for the next phase, but they also really enjoyed the company of each other during that time. Yes. And even after children came, they told you, told us how they found time for each other. They said, sometimes it is so busy. Life is so full. They said, but they somehow found time. For example, Megan said that, you know, they, or Eric said this, they said, they will set an earlier bedtime for the children so they can get a few minutes together. Or they said they would go to Whole Foods, which is, you know, they could walk to Whole Foods and they would sit at the wine bar for 45 minutes. That was their date. Yeah. You know, it is, I tell my, my, my own couples, you know, just because you became parents, you didn't stop being spouses. Right. And, and don't feel guilty because what do your children want? Your children want that mom and dad will be together. And the more you invest in your relationship, that is a gift to your children. Oh, it, it is. And I think it's a wonderful, wonderful example for your children to see what love in action looks like. Exactly. It's a blessing for them. It is not taking away from them whatsoever. Um, going back to this time they would spend together, though, yes, Eric said that they would set early bedtime so they could spend time together. Um, very key what he said after that. I don't know if you caught it, but he said so they could spend time together talking as adults. And that's yes. so important. <laughs> Having been a mother with two young children of my own, um, you do. You almost learn this new language when they're that young and you speak on, on terms they understand. All day long, they're they're getting your attention, right? And they need your response. It's a give and a take all day long. Um, and you can kind of get into a different way of just relating in general. So for them to, to, to be aware enough that they needed to unplug from that and be adults with each other again and talk as adults would talk with each other again. Um, very satisfying for their souls. Yeah, it is true. I mean, me, because I'm a celibate, I don't, it's a, it's a very important point that you're making because I can understand how moms, especially being with the children all the time, you know, communicating with them at that level, they miss being with grownups, which is, I think it's a, it's an important point. And what do they say? I forget the numbers. But I just know that the disparity is huge um, between the words that a man has in a day oh, yes. versus the words that a woman has in the day. So it's kind of, a, in a sense, a disadvantage for the man, because when he comes home from work, he may be all worded out for the day. But us women, we got a long way to go still. We got a lot of runway. And it's nice to be able to use those words with our partner in an adult-like manner, different than um, the way we may have been relating to our children throughout the day. Yeah, I mean, as you said, I mean, that reminds me of my own father. You know, my father was a professor. He was a funny guy. His students loved him. But when he would come home in the evening, 
He would sit on his favorite easy chair and would not talk. And my mom would taunt him. They say, you're such a funny professor. Your students love you. When you come home, you don't talk. My dad will say, I've talked enough for the day. Exactly. I think that's how men feel, but women need to talk, you know? Yes. Uh, but, but Sandy, I want to go back to that point of liking. You know, I, I tell couples when I prepare them for marriage, liking is not enough to carry a marriage through. But liking is so important in the marriage. You know, you can say, I love my spouse, but do you still like your spouse? You Do you laugh together? Do you have fun with each other? You know, it is, it is uh, I think it is very important. And it was very evident from the two of them, how much they laughed, we could see it during the interview, how much they kind of joked with each other. And I think that kind of uh, comfortableness between the spouses, I think is very important. Oh, right, right. Eric was constantly throwing in these little one-liners that just would lighten the mood. And um, yeah, you could see both of them just lighting up. There's something so healthy, so good about a good hearty laugh. And life is difficult. Um, we all know this. So if we can find a way to interject a little bit of humor, a little bit of laughter, it certainly does help. Um, it it just makes me think of the the title of this show, right? Right before the no. show, I said, wow, Father Brittle, that's an interesting title. Oh, <laughs> what was it? It was... um. What was the title? It said having fun, but something before that. Raising raising a family. That was it. Having fun. And I thought that was such an interesting title, but um it it's true that uh that is so important to be able to have fun. And I remember um Megan talking about um gosh, once they had uh their first child and she was talking about advice that her mother would always give. Um and we can get more into this after the break when we start to talk about the development of their family. But part of her take on what her mother had shared with her was, how do you bring that joy into the everyday exactly. mundane, mundane tasks that you do as, as married couples, even more so as parents? Um, so bringing yeah. that joy, having that foundation of fun from which to work everything else is, is a wonderful way to go. And I think that line was very, very significant. She said that we tried to bring joy into the mundane things. And that's a great agenda for family. I mean, for parents to be able to do that. You know, that word joy is such a powerful word. You know, the word that Jesus himself says at the end of his, uh, at the Last Supper, he says that. You know, I have said all this to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Mm -hmm. Joy is very different from feeling good or, you know, feeling excited or even feeling joy, happiness. It is joy. It's even more powerful. It is something, an inner state of mind, you know, to bring that. It is wholesome. Um, so I think that was, uh, that, that is part of the reason I, I put the title as having fun. And yes. it was quite evident, you know, they wanted to do that. I mean, I also, I know them, I've been with them, and I can see how they do that with their children, with their friends. It is, it's a good attitude to life, I think. Because you can be weighed down all by all the, the, the burdens and the work and the effort raising four children, and you have got two big professions. They juggled all that. And, and on so that note, Father Brito, let's go yeah. to a break now and dive more into that fun and family when we come back. This is Built on the Rock.
Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship programs provide a free opportunity for young adults to spend time with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youth aged 9 through 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers service friends who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports every relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that can help young adults build confidence and enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. To learn more, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7970 in Cook County and 847 847- 782-4224 in Lake County. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. People always say, how can you spend your day with three-year-olds? Seeing the changes that they go through and just the journey and how they grow, this is a very rewarding job. Even though at the end of the day we're not the highest paid people on earth. And when I have a parent contact me and say my child loves school, that to me I'm setting that foundation for their love of learning because really you are changing lives. You are molding lives. Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org slash school jobs. Welcome back to Built on the Rock, a radio show dedicated to helping couples, dating couples, engaged couples, married couples, build their relationships on the rock that is Jesus Christ. I am Sandra Labuvi, and I am here with my co-host, Father Brito Birchmans, and we are having a wonderful discussion about our interview last month of Eric and Megan Weber. Um, Before the break, we were just starting to talk about the development of their family. And when you have four children, um, and that's the phase they're in right now, uh, you can imagine that that is uh, a very big focal point of your relationship, of your marriage. So um, let's dive a little bit more into that phase as it grew. So they had been uh, together for five years, uh, doing the pretend grown-up stuff, as Megan said, and then all of a sudden, uh, they decided to have a family. Um, So I think... I guess the, that phase, at first, they said there wasn't a lot of planning or thought put into it. They're both pretty impulsive individuals. Um, Eric uh, really stressed that it's not lost on him how easy it was for them to have children because he understands that it doesn't always work that way for couples. Uh, it was wonderful to see the deep appreciation he had for that, um, understanding that isn't always uh, everybody's course. But so they they had now their first child and it was time to move out of that place in the city and they had bought their first home. Um, that's where kind of their career, their passions and their their family 
development came together where they had bought that home that had a, um, uh, what was it? It had like a rental coach house, a coach house that, that they could rent out and make some money on to help pay for their mortgage. So it was a wonderful situation. Um, and here now they have their first child, their first of four will come to learn. So as they were talking about, you know, every time a new child would enter the family and they said, which phase was the hardest, they had both agreed that that, that phase going from zero children to one child was definitely harder than any of the other phases up to having four children now. Um, one of the main reasons they gave for that was uh, they said that they realized once this little person entered into their world, uh, they didn't always listen to them, right? It wasn't so nope. much about their agenda anymore. Now you have somebody else who enters into that picture. Um, and Eric and Megan were moving forward in that same fun direction. And here comes something, <laughs> something else that throws that all off course. And they said um, it, it really threw a wrench in things for the first year of their marriage. Actually, it, it took some time to adjust to that. Um, so and I remember, Sandy, yeah. and I remember what Megan said. She spent a lot of time on the floor. <laughs> yes. He said yes. changing diapers, cleaning up, you know. He said there was this third person who would not listen. Exactly. They had to wait on him they, or her. And they became the center now. And right. they, they had to make a lot of adjustments. But, you know, but for me, the, the fact that Eric said it already in the beginning, he said they knew they always wanted to have children. And, uh, you know, especially today, I think it is so important to emphasize that. You know, in, in America, in the West, we are not having a lot of children. Mm. You know, I think when God gives us the gift of someone to share our life with, we can only look at each other obsessively only for so long. <laughs> Eventually, we have to turn the gaze to the third person, the child that is the embodiment. Because I think otherwise love becomes kind of sterile or, you know, stagnant. Whereas when the child arrives, you know, the love becomes dynamic. And I think that's what God meant us to do. I think when you have children, you grow up, you mature. Yes. As, as Eric said that, you know, you remember you asked him, you know, you said it was rewarding. And why did you say that it was rewarding? Right. You know? he, he said it was because the... um having children takes the focus off of yourself off of you. and yep. even off of them as a couple, he said too. And now it makes that, that focus about somebody else. And then he went on to say how the reality of realizing that you are raising people, people, people mm -hmm. that you've been entrusted with to raise. And he talked about how much more rewarding for them that is than worrying about filling up that social calendar as an example that he had given but yeah, it is a commitment. It is hard work. And what I also loved um, about the interview with them just in general was how raw and how honest they were um, talking about this difficulty of going from zero to one child. I remember Eric talking about it and he literally said, I don't even think we did it right. And I thought yeah, well, that, that takes some humility to be able to realize that he says he doesn't think they did it right. He said number one was a you-know-what show. That was a direct quote of his. Um, talked about sleep de deprivation, being responsible yep. for another human being, giving up the freedoms that were so important to them up until, until this time, and that defined them as a couple. Um, it was all extremely difficult. And I think it's important to be very honest about that. It is hard. 
And just because it is hard doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. <laughs> um, it means probably you're doing it right. This is a major adjustment, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine this, your whole world changes. Yes. The dynamic changes. Your needs change. As you said, sleep deprivation, oh. you know. I mean, I, 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 again, I'm going back to what I tell my couples. I tell them, you know, sometimes you can be very naive. Oh, children, so beautiful. For mm -hmm. in the first years of their life, they need a lot of attention. You have to be there all the time. First of all, you said a toddler, you know, the, the goal of a toddler is to kill himself or something, something like that. You said. <laughs> That's what he said. The so you have to parents... protect them. Yes. You have to... You know, you have to have eyes everywhere looking for it. it it's really a challenge. And, and you can see that they made adjustments. I still remember Megan said she took a part-time job with benefits so that the family still would have health insurance. And she didn't want to travel anymore. You know, you need to make all sorts of sacrifices. You know, and I think sometimes young couples may think, oh, do I want to make these sacrifices? No, but joy comes from that. It is through sacrifice that joy comes. Right. right. Absolutely. And I think another interesting thing Megan pointed out was that, um, how did she say it? She liked to uh, lead the orchestra instead of compartmentalize <laughs> things. And I thought that was a really healthy attitude because, you know, I can tend to want to be very organized, right? Everything has its little box and this goes here and this goes here. And when you are married and especially when you have children, forget it all. Nobody's going to subscribe to your plan, right? Nope. Just because this is the time I will set aside now to spend time with my child, or this is the time I will have with my husband. And you try to over organize all of that life happens and the chips fall as they fall. And so to be able to have this idea of, orchestrating the, the 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 or leading the orchestra um all at once as it's happening and having that flexibility um giving yourself some grace maybe it means some of the things you plan to don't get to at all um that's okay because over planning can often become an impediment when it comes to raising your family yeah i mean in fact i think megan said it is a circus and she's the ringleader <laughs> yes that's what it feels like yeah, exactly. So I think it is it is important to understand that. Anyway, I hope that our young couples will realize that it is a rewarding thing to have children. Yes, yes. And I think we're getting near the end of our show. So before we move to our prayer, um, I just want to point out what they had shared when you at the end of the show, you'd ask them for advice. And it seems so intuitive, but it's so worth repeating. Um, Eric jumped in and said, uh, one of the most important things he can say is to remember to focus on each other as a couple. Um, don't lose sight of your marriage. You have to take care of that. So find ways to do that, whether it's a 45-minute stroll to Trader Joe's or wherever, they, Whole Foods. Um, be intentional and find time to nurture that marriage, too. Yep. Yeah. So on that note, I think it is time to close the show and uh, time to to close with our prayer, as, as we always like to do on this show, uh, both in parenting and life, we know that we need to learn to be gentle and to be kind with others as well as with ourselves. Um, and we also know that it's not always easy. So we'd like to close our show today with a prayer that God will make us serene and gentle beings. Teach me, my Lord, to be serene and gentle in all the events of life, in disappointments, 
in the thoughtlessness of others, in the insincerity of those I trusted, in the unfaithfulness of those on whom I relied. Let me put myself aside to think of the happiness of others, to hide my personal pains and heartaches so that they may not diminish the joys of others. As I go my rounds from one duty to another, let me from time to time turn my attention to you. Help me to be aware of your continual presence by my side, to listen to you discerningly and to respond to you faithfully. May my life become permeated with your spirit. May it remain strong in its purpose of following you and become full of power for good to the great consolation of your divine heart and the edification of your people. Amen. 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 So that's our show for today. It was um, wonderful being with you, Father Brito, and discussing such a lovely couple. And yes. uh, all of our listeners, a wonderful return to um, the fall coming up here soon and return to uh, schedules and everything that comes with uh, this time of year. We look forward to speaking with you next month. Until yes, God then, bless you all. Take care. God bless Until you. Until next month. Bye. <laughs>